Hey, so here we are. Hey. And well, I'll tell you, so you can't you can't see this, obviously, because uh, podcast, this one, like many others, theater of the mind. Yeah. But the, but the thing that you have to take away, the thing I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to pull back the curtain a little bit. Usually we kind of have some mood lighting in here. Mm-hmm. But now it's kind just of like noticing that we are absent mood lighting. Nah, yeah, there's it's been a bulb out for a couple of weeks and not just with the hosts. So, <laughs> so yeah, so there is a we have kind of like a it's like sort of an interrogation police station vibe in the lighting scene. In yeah, here. it's a little blanched. It is a little. It's, it's a little midday, blanched. like sudden emergency meeting uh, kind of lighting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you want to flip that switch? We can. Yes, we, I do. Okay, Ryan, it Ryan's gonna make bit. it. Ryan's gonna make it dark and moody. Okay, okay. great. Now this could affect the quality of the show. Right. I don't, maybe adversely, the but better. we'll see. Um, so we do. We do have a special guest tonight. Um, Shane is still on hiatus for a little while, and we are joined by uh, yet another Kevin. Yeah, we have so Kevin's. I feel like that's kind of the way that we should do this from now on. Is like just invite somebody with one of our first names. But um, Kevin, I'm sorry, I don't know your last name. Albright. Kevin Albright, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Dimly lit Kevin Albright. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <Stop> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Yeah, no, it's uh it's and this is how it goes from here on out. It's just nothing but smooth smooth sailing. Smooth. Dulcet tones and smooth sailing. But Kevin's uh Kevin's a colleague of Mark mm-hmm. here at Clearhead. Mm-hmm. Is that still what you guys this place goes by? Yeah, I think there's a big long tagline on the end of it. Okay. Well we won't do all of that. Yeah. But uh but welcome. Uh, excited to have you here. Um, Kevin has not actually heard the show, so this could be great. So, and actually, it could might, be great. It, it could be a disaster. It could be so better. It's all on it's your probably going to be better. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. I think he's he's qualified. How many LPs do you own, Kevin? It's probably uh, I don't know, nine hundred thousand, something like that. Nine hundred or a thousand yeah. LPs. So that he knows music. Like a lot. Yeah, that's, that's good. Okay. Yes. My partner Marion used to work at Warner Music Group, and we took advantage of their monthly record order for sure. That would be the way to do that. Uh, what did she do for Warner? Uh, she ran uh, websites for a couple different bands, and uh, they had a sweet employee purchase program where we get lots of vinyl for real cheap. All right. Oh. Uh, no, that's very cool. These things are important. Well, um, and. I think one of these days we should do this show entirely on vinyl, and not just talk about it. Like literally, like cut it. yeah, just cut, cut it, it to just vinyl, cut just it. release it, release put it, it to out. the fan club, yeah, put it out on a seven inch. Are like, like just three see. or four people who have responded to us? <laughs> we yes. could, uh, we we could get it pressed onto those little uh, flexible ones that they put into oh, magazines. Yeah. yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that is a path to Be- start. Better homes and gardens. You think <laughs> exactly. they'd pick us up? Southern living. So, there you go. All right. <laughs> well, let's digest. kick this show off. All right, everybody. Um, I'm Kevin. I'm Ryan. I'm Mark. And I'm also Kevin. This is Somebody Likes It. So we were talking about, um, I think your vinyl anecdote. Other Kevin, I'll, I'll just call you Kevin from now on. But it's I, just I can do it's other, like Kevin. other Kevin. <laughs> Actually, like uh, I have an ex who like had a, a friend group that had two Robs in it, and the one who was second to the group, yeah, referred to himself as Other Rob. Oh, that's that's just disheartening. <laughs> well, like, hey, how's it? Other Rob. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not great. Anyway, um, no. Kevin, it was it was great that you actually brought up the vinyl thing because one of the things that I was going to mention is that there's a report that came out that uh, the Recording Industry Association of America said that um, physical music sales beat digital downloads in 2017. That's incredible. It is incredible. Like now, not by a lot. Like it's like by a couple of percentage points. But anybody who says that like vinyl and CDs are dead, like apparently isn't entirely on the up and up untrue like, yeah well and cassette tapes are making a comeback as well aren't they there well, are a few like t-shirts uh, like everywhere uh, cassette sure. only labels yeah like burger uh, burger is the one yeah, i was I thinking think of yeah they started at least as strictly cassette releases that's so interesting yeah because it's super cheap what Anyone about eight tracks cassettes. just 
Record well, and dub them. And it's high, it's high kitsch factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, it's when like, you say mixtape, like I literally made probably at least a dozen or a dozen and a half like mixtapes for people back in the day. If I liked you, especially if you were a chick, like I would make you a mixtape. Yeah. Uh, this is why Ryan spends a lot of time in the, all of these shows talking about sequencing. Like you got to really. <laughs> no, it's true yeah. though. I would go for the back couple and skate. You got to have song this. And then cue up the next song and see how they flowed together. Yeah. And it's different now. Uh, well, I mean, sure, but no. <laughs> like, I mean, the I sequencing mean, I technically is still could the still do it. Yeah. Uh, what do you think was the first mixtape? You think that, like, the old wax cylinders, somebody, like, set up one Victrola next to a, uh, another Victrola and sat there and made or it? Or a reel-to-reel. Yeah. Like, somebody's like... Yeah. Yeah, there, there you go. That that's going on the ringtone. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Hard to say. I, I mean, know. I, I honestly, I think probably the first mixtape was just somebody jacking around, and that's what it ended up mm. sort Taking of being. Stuff off the radio. Yep. That, oh, I used to do a lot of that. Right? Yeah. yeah. Unofficially. That's where the Boob Juarez bit came from. That's right. <laughs> I just, I just Boop, do that. I've got your car. You need transmission fluid. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Yeah. That's a. That's more stories We're that have no context to anybody else. Told that joke in, in reverse. Yeah. Anyway, we won't. We'll. I'll, we'll get into that on a break. Um, but yeah, that was one of the ones. One of the things that I wanted to mention is that yeah, apparently physical record sales are not dead. Um, something that is dead is David Bowie and uh, someone still dead. Still, <laughs> David Bowie is still dead. Um, and his new statue got unveiled in England and was immediately vandalized. And I was like, it's nice to know that people could still be shitty. So, like, you know. Why would somebody vandalize it? Um, well, they don't. See, that's the thing. Like, nobody ever leaves a note. Vandals don't. <laughs> I mean, unless you want to count the vandal. Like, I don't Banksy. know if they wrote something on the, like, what the what the skinny was. But, um, but yeah, like, his his statue went up and then apparently, you know. Had a change of outfit, which maybe he would approve of. I don't know. Hmm. Like, he was a bit of a chameleon. So, was it vandalized or was it enhanced? Um, I don't. I don't believe <laughs> it was enhanced. Uh, the st- oh, here we go. It, within two days, the statue was defaced with spray paint reading "R.I.P. D.B." So, in case someone didn't know that he was dead, they spray painted <laughs> that on there. Very respectful. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. I was like, is it? Flip a coin. Um, and then the other one was <laughs> feed the homeless first, which, all right, I mean, I guess I, I get your your point, but, like, is that really, is like, are, is that an either or? Maybe not the place for that. Yeah. So, anyway, but uh, R.I.P. And, and David uh, Bowie's not going to be feeding much of anybody these days. No, no. Well, I think the point yeah, was, just like, rather comment. than spend municipal money on the statue feed people oh. first i thought Thanks i thought it was that the artist should instead of creating that should have been out feeding people oh could be could be yeah anyway i don't know alms to the poor yes but uh none of those are neither of those are the reason that we're that we're here tonight um mark you uh it, it's your turn this it is week. my turn this week. And tell us a little bit about what we're going to talk about. So uh, this week we are listening to a 2008 release uh, by a, a group called Department of Eagles. Uh, this is uh, two of the members of Grizzly Bear, uh, accompanied by, I think, one or two other members of Grizzly Bear. It's it's all but one of the members it's, of yeah, Grizzly Bear. Yeah, three quarters of Grizzly Bear. <laughs> now, it didn't start out that way. Like It was just right. a couple of them initially. And, and just just uh, obsessed with wildlife. Yeah, I kind of wonder that, too. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, I thought that, and then I got to do it in a little bit of reading, and uh, I did appreciate Ryan, this is this gag is totally uh, right up your alley, but originally, uh, for a hot minute, they were known as Whitey on the Moon UK. I saw that, and there was already another Whitey That's, on the Moon. I know. That's the thing <laughs> that really gets me is that they had to change the name because <laughs> it was already... How random is that? <laughs> it's pretty random. Yeah. So uh, so the album we're listening to is In Ear Park. And I guess technically their second and and most recent release. Well, yeah, it came out was it 2008? 2008. Like it's, it's been a while. Yeah. But um but yeah, that was their most recent release and uh it'll be interesting to unpack that. I think one of the things that keeps getting bandied about or at least in the stuff that I read were comparisons to some of, you know, to to grander works. 
and we'll we, there's plenty of time for us to talk about that. But I but there was one uh, characterization that I thought was kind of most interesting, at least to me, which was that um, in many ways it's it is a West Coast feeling record with a little bit of East Coast anxiety injected into it. And I don't know whether you guys find that accurate or not, but I thought that was kind of an interesting well, well, take. Well, I did my, my normal thing where I, you know, I just listened to it without knowing anything about it. And, like, I don't know how I missed this. Like, I never heard of this band. Um, and, well, A, Mark, thank you. I fucking dig it a lot. Sweet. Um, but I kept thinking Elephant Six. Um, That's like interesting. That bedroom that recording quality. Well, yeah, like like sure. melodic, but like kind of out there and throwing everything you know in the kitchen sink at it um, was like what my first thing was, and then it was also like, well, these guys really like the Beatles, but it's mm. like the Beatles after they discovered drugs. Yeah, uh, I I kind of I kind of went in and out of that feeling too at, at times that there was. Um, and maybe not just the Beatles, maybe some Paul McCartney. Well, yeah, uh, Daniel Rosson, I, I think it's his name. Um, you know, he—I think he just kind of sounds like Paul McCartney. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways. And I don't know—I don't know if anybody else here is familiar with Daniel Amos. Since you're going to say Paul McCartney, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, but Daniel Amos uh, in the Christian alternative music scene, it was a band, um, and had the the vocals are very similar to that. So I kept having a lot of uh, drawing a lot of similarities to that um but yeah I, I caught a lot of that beatles kind of feel i think i saw one review that that tied them a little bit to the beach boys i heard a lot of beach boys on it yep those those harmonies and then definitely like if you're gonna go beatles that mccartney solo stuff where he's like right recording very sparsely sorry about that and uh yeah definitely the bedroom recording quality yeah, and it was uh, actually recorded in a church, I believe. Uh, well, it kind that. of it kind of sounds like that a yeah. little bit, I guess. Like, well, which is a little sort of bit of an echo effect. And yeah, and they like used a that, lot of that the double bass strings. Mm -hmm. Like, um, it sounds really resonant. Yeah, uh, all the way through it. Um, but I did think it was interesting. Speaking of the Beach Boys, that that specifically Smile got referenced in a couple of the things that I came across, and I was like, okay, that sort of makes sense because that's the you know that was the grand gesture uh, of that band, but uh, you know by the same token, and it's like I don't necessarily think they sound like this act, but um, Sergeant Pepper gets thrown out there a lot, which was sort of not where I was going. But um, Soft Bulletin, like I, I definitely thought of that. It feels like I like it more than and you're talking about the Flaming Lips, like you know seminal yes, record, right? Uh, of course, uh, I like it better than that. Well, um, sure. And I, uh, I guess I would say that, like, what I found myself really conscious of were, like, what are the similarities between grand gestures? And it's like, are there, like, is that sort of just, are we talking about common threads in the human condition? Or are these just, like, is there a, this is going to come out wrong, but, like, is there a paint-by-numbers version of a big grand record and what that, how that's supposed to work? Like, I don't, I don't know. But I do think that, like, you know, it's clear I can see, Mark, why you chose this this album because I think that it's there's a lot to unpack here. And when I read over and over again, and then w went through uh, repeated listens and just s found nuance, like maybe that's where the truth lies. I don't know. Well, to me, like what what brought me back to like Soft Bulletin and and some of the Beatles stuff and uh, Elephant Six is like there's a lot of dynamics. Um, where they're just like playing with uh, volume and, you know, and uh, that just gives it emotion and energy. Uh, and man, I just dig it. Um, the only thing I can say negative about it, you know, not to bring out my inner A&R guy, but like, I don't hear a single, but doesn't necessarily need one. Well, maybe that's the other thing, too. It's like a lot of those. You know, I mean, whatever, not spend too much time on that Flaming Lip record, but, like, maybe the single for that is Waiting for Superman. Like, I don't know. But the point is, is, like, I, f I feel like with a lot of this stuff, um, with these types of albums, like, for it to feel like a grander effort, it's like, whatever, when you read Dickens, is there only one chapter that you talk about? or do you Well, no, up, yeah, like, we've gone back like, to this uh, on a couple shows. Like, you know, it's a novel. Like, it's it's not... 
you know, one chapter that you bring out of it that's a brilliant short story, like it's just like a really fucking good book. And that's what I think this record is. And that's how it's meant to be taken. Well, I don't know. Like, I, I wasn't familiar with this at all. I was, I'm not really a f- a familiar with any of Grizzly Bear's stuff either. But I know that when this record was, like, queuing to come out in 2008, there, there was all this buzz about it. Like, everybody was excited about this. Uh, this new record from from Daniel Rawson, and um, I think it got picked up uh, at least one or two cuts for some some soundtracks, and like I, I just I'm curious as to like how that came to be. Like, wh- well, soundtracks also makes a whole lot of sense because it sounds like the uh, score to a great indie film that mm-hmm. you forgot you saw. Um, but then wanted the soundtrack for afterwards. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe the movie yeah. wasn't even that good, but like the, but the you know, but the music was just amazing all the way through it. Well, um, shall we listen to one? Yeah, sure. why don't we do that? All right. So, um, I'm not sure if it actually was a single. Uh, it is the only thing that I could find from uh, this album that actually had a video associated with it. Um, but I'd like to listen to uh, the second cut off the album called "No One Does It Like You." it's supposed to be both kind of yeah uh and i i can't like really reference like uh you know someone like that does something similar to that but that was weird and cool and fun but if i woke up and like described that to you like right after i woke up you'd be you like know, go you'd back probably sleep. get bored halfway through but it was fun to watch is there any story behind that video that we know of? Well, kind of. So, so Mark's pulling up this um, Pitchfork article where they talked to the the director of the video, and he apparently like they'd been working that he and this this artist had been cooking up an idea for an Arcade Fire song uh, video that they wanted to do, and apparently just got that got whatever that idea was got too expensive, and so I feel like they. Like I just glanced at this one. They dialed it back a little bit. Like yeah, and then yeah. so th- so it ended up like they they had been talking to the Department of Eagles guys and decided that maybe they would try it here, and so it's this sort of juxtaposition between weird things like like these like these soldiers who are who are killing each other in really sort of like uh, bloody ways, but without but with these sort of doll like faces, and then the ghosts rise. Uh, like from cartoonish the looking ghosts, and then yeah. they like, dance, like yeah. just like so that's sheets yeah. on and Which like kind of eyes drawn on, drawn on. So that's all the influence of the 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 painter. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Marcel Zama or Zama. Uh, apparently, that's his style. Is is like this doll like stuff. And so yeah, you you get kind of that detachment of these are these are dolls. These are little playthings. But then you also see this doll sitting on a bed getting his legs sawn off while he looks at this picture of his doll family. Yeah, there's there's this real disconnect between the the the, and the, the fantasy of like it and the reality of jaunty, it. Jaunty. You know, like most of the record but like a little bit askew. The look of it kind of fit the music though. Like that lo-fi quality. It kind of sure. makes sense that you're saying it was a, a higher budget video that got scaled down for this band. 
it kind of works. Well, and it, right, and it, so some of it too, like the, the, some of the things they talk about this this article are that like they couldn't, they knew that like with that sawed off leg thing and like some of the other like, they said that like there was a there was a guy underneath the the actor who's getting his leg sawed off and they were just pumping blood <laughs> into the sky and they're like more more, but it's like it is this this juxtaposition of like these they were like we couldn't show real people's faces doing some of that stuff. And so there is this surrealism where it's like, I don't know if I should take, if I take this seriously, it's horrifying. And if not, um, it, I'm not sure what it is like. And so anyway, but the song itself, like, yeah, the, the, the general gestalt of that song is like kind of this bouncy tune. Oh, and I love the, I love any, any, any time you use vocals as, kind of an instrument that way so they've got the the bouncy bass line that's that's all vocal uh and then the those those choral harmonies that come in and out of this song i, I really love this song a lot i definitely felt the uh the elephant six connection on that song like that's an olivia tremor control mm. type bass yeah. line, right yeah olivia tremor control would have done that song weirder yeah but they would yeah. have done it yeah <laughs> um yeah cool that's no, interesting choice mark fine choice well, I had, uh, you know, I had what but uh, twelve I, I do, to pick I, from. Well, I'll sure. just I'll just get in my <laughs> last little note about that. I do think you could have just like taken uh, like all these songs and put them on a dartboard and just thrown something at it and been like, this one's the single, because no one no one song on this is more a single than any other, and that one like you know it's engaging. Are uh, you saying that because you're because you're you're really sold on the idea that there's no single on this record. Not that I don't disagree with you, because well, I don't. Okay, but like but so, it was just today that I finally like looked up after having listened to this for a while, uh, the backstory on it, and a buddy of mine um, ripped me a Grizzly Bear album, and it's the only one I've ever listened to. And the first song on it, and forgive me for not having done more of my research. I don't remember what it's called or which record it was, but like the first one's like screams like. This is the single, mm-hmm. and the rest of the record's pretty good, and I actually like this record better than that, um, but like th- it does just doesn't have like one that's like you know let's send this to college radio. I mean, like, all over the place. I feel like this is the most digestible song from start to finish. It, you know, I don't know if that makes it a single, but but I mean, just as far as like consistent kind of the bounciness and sonically it's not it's there is less to interpret there and i think maybe that's why it's the single but um and it's an upbeat it's an upbeat track you know whatever it's got a nice beat you can dance to it or uh, so i don't don't, whatever i don't want this part sorry to cut you off you're fine i I don't want to this to sound wrong but i love teenagers Uh, I do the too. Song? I do too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, and that—that's another one that. Um, I mean, I'm. You know, I, I could have. I could see. I could have understood if that had been released as a single. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and uh, w- maybe we can talk about that one in a bit. Um, okay. Any other thoughts on? Well, so yeah. So here's the other thing. So so with all this talk about singles and whether or not this record sounds like it has one or doesn't, um, and. Mark talking you were talking about the groundswell of buzz that was surrounding this record before it came out now other Kevin mm-hmm. you you spilled the Kevin beans. Albright <laughs> yes, yes. I will just use your entire name like you're being called on <laughs> um, so so you said that your your partner was in the industry mm-hmm. was she in the industry in 2008 like do you have any recollection of of this release I don't this is totally new to me. Yeah, to be honest. Okay, well that's actually pretty. Well, better, this came out on 4AD, which is like one of the biggest of the indies. That's sure. true. Yeah, sure. Uh, and like that sounds about right. Like this sounds like a good home for it. I think they were also on Bella Union for a little bit, right? Um, which was uh, the Cockatoo Twins label. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it sounds like a good place. Like I feel like in a perfect here's why I'm <coughs> asking. Sorry, I'm 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 going to interrupt back now. Here's why I'm asking. Why I'm asking is what I what I wonder. What I find myself wondering is, was the buzz, was the buzz generated from the inside out on this? Like, is this like because there's no single, but because it's clearly like a uh, an indie indie quirky 
record that that is intended to be digested as a larger piece of work was it was it you know were they putting it out there in a way that was designed to appeal to people who would probably be turned off by by a single my best guess they're a band band like the uh, way that you know some people are like a comedian's comedian they're the day to tell but of uh, yeah, but they yeah. don't they don't really <laughs> like get over to the general public yeah. as much sure but grizzly bear had the big singles right, right. big hooky choruses and if I'm going to criticize one thing, maybe, about this album, like, I know we all keep saying it doesn't have a single. It doesn't really have a lot of hooks, either. Like, are there That's memorable true. hooks from any of this that really stand out Teenager after you've listened to it? Teenager kind of has a hook, I would say. It's no, got that one probably more than the rest, but... Yeah. And they all have Nothing appealing yeah. parts. Like, I hear the Beach Boys. I hear maybe Flaming Lips. But they don't have like the songwriting of any of those bands, right? But I think there's this, and we, we brought this up a bunch on uh, this show. Is it's like a repeated listenings kind of thing. It's a, sure. It's a like this is my album kind of album. Absolutely. Like, and if I spent more time with this, maybe I'd say I was an idiot. What was I talking about? Now well, it's all making sense. Well, it sounds but after like a couple listens, I would say there's not like huge standout songs on this album at all. Makes sense. Yeah, I think. I do get the impression that, that yeah, the idea is that this is one, this is a record that you're intended, that is, it, it wears well over time, mm-hmm. over repeated listens. What's the way I feel about the Pixies? Like, they've got one or two, like, massive singles, like, Here Comes Your Man, like, that's just a ridiculous, like, hooky song, but, like, I like their records, and sure, I didn't necessarily like each of their records the first time I heard them. Like, I was just intrigued. And then went back and listened again, and then again, and again, and now, like, they're like a warm hug in a weird way. Well, circling back to the buzz of it, I mean, it's possible that it was just you had all these people that were Grizzly Bear fans. Sure. And they they knew the history of Daniel Ross, and they knew that that he had been doing this this work for Department of Eagles technically before he joined Grizzly Bear. So... Uh, you know, maybe there was just that excitement of you know this is this is something else coming out from him, and and this is a very very personal project for him. And this was, I mean, he he says basically the reason that they they released this as Department of Eagles was it was something that just didn't fit as a as a Grizzly Bear album, you know. And there's there's a lot of uh, um, tribute to his dad, uh, who well, his had, father who had, had just died, like, yeah, yeah, a year before. So yeah, I mean, it's it, you know. I mean, I know you were talking about it's a personal album uh, as as being the way that maybe people receive it, but I also think it was a personal album for him, just in the way that he wrote and released it. I think it was it was well, never meant to be you, like you a single up, producing thing. You bring up a really interesting point, which is that it is it is um, it it did yeah he did put it out with the idea that you know this is, there's a lot of really personal material here that I think makes more sense. Under this, under the to fly under this banner than than the Grizzly Bear banner, but it's not a melancholy record. It is a contemplative record, mm-hmm. and it's a weird that's kind of feels like splitting hairs. But um, no, anyway, I, I, no, it's, not, it's not a downer of a record uh, at all. I also didn't notice the lyrics really. Um, oh, they're there, Ryan. Well, I I, I realized that people are speaking. <laughs> um, slash singing <laughs> on this record. I did notice that. I just didn't really listen to them <laughs> that much. Conceptually, so. <laughs> learning. I mean, what I, songs just, are. I just wasn't like. I mean, th- like you know, when we did the like Descendants record, like mostly what I noticed was lyrics on that, and you know, well, you had to get them all in. Those songs are like ninety seconds long, <laughs> right? Uh, all right, should we do another one? Yeah, we should, and uh, I do want to get to teenagers, but I, I kind of feel like maybe we'll save that for last. And it was difficult for me personally to to pick a third song off of this because I liked most of them so much in different ways. Um, did you have another one, Kevin, that you were particularly interested so in? So I so I did get a kick out of Waves of Rye. I did too. Yeah, um, I thought that might end. You know, there's a there's a Ryan joke in there somewhere. Oh yeah, so sure. Maybe we ought to Kevin spend that. Kevin called one. me rye bread uh, as when I was a child, and a lot worse. Also that. <laughs> all right. Well, why don't we uh, let's listen to Ways of Ryan? All right. He's drifting off, sleeping back. 
Like there, there's a progression of this song, right? And like, you know, typically we don't always listen to the entire cut when we're when we're here recording the podcast. You know, we've all listened to it, so it was really hard for me to find a place on that one to cut it because I feel like there's there's so much evolution in the way that that song progresses. It feels like it's not going anywhere fast, but I was like, it's kind of a cool language journey, and then it's like, oh, we're here already, and then you're right in the middle of it, and I was like, and it also like that track. It just checks a lot of buttons for me. Like I'm a, I happen to be a sucker for like kind of transition songs. Like we talked, we were goofing on sequencing tonight, but like, like the idea, those songs that feel like they don't necessarily, they're not the first song in the record and they're not the third song on the record, but maybe they're in between. But like they're, yeah, they're getting like, you somewhere. Yeah. And I think you're right. Like almost all of the songs on this record have that inertia to them and that's what it was like even if they're not as hooky as maybe you know you know poppier stuff that we've listened to um but they do feel like they're getting somewhere and like the songs like they build and it's a great way to describe it as inertia it definitely feels that like there's a lot of momentum behind the the structure of this song so does that is that restraint or does that is that like your reaction as a listener? Well, sometimes thinking? it's restraint and sometimes it's like there. This is where this needs to go. Yeah, but it does always feel like it's going somewhere, right? Uh, even if it's not like a tight little package, you know, that you can present to radio, it still feels like it. It's going somewhere. Well, other Kevin, sure. Oh, sure. Your thoughts on it? Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say that also the inertia kind of works the other way too, where I feel like sometimes it gets a while for these songs to get going. Um, speaking yeah, of like fair. they're not being hooks, like you're kind of fighting your way into it, and then yeah. once it's rolling, it's rolling. Yeah, you're about a minute into this song before it really starts to pick up, and then it's about halfway through. It's about two minutes in where. The, they're really into the groove and you really feel like and then it doesn't stop kind of, then it keeps yeah. building and it's building it and almost feels like a train out of control exactly at that point. yeah the uh, i was mark when when you did have that when you had that pulled up on um whatever had the had the had the apple notes pulled up on there i was reading that what the editor said and i did get a kick out of the idea that he said that this track and he put car ther- therapy car noise in this in this bucket too but he said that it that sounded like it was pulled out of some dusty old magician's trunk. I don't even know what that means, but I think it's great. I, it kind of makes so, sense, though. <laughs> you think? Um, a little, yeah. That's like a traveling show type deal? like Yeah, like, uh, I don't know, like some old medicine man uh, shyster or something. But yeah, uh, but it works. And this, this song, too, still song, on the record, but like this song too, still has those undertones of the, the vocal kind of bass line and and the harmonies that, that are laid throughout underneath. And the vocals are mixed a little higher on that song, too, than on some of the others. That's true, right. yeah. Yeah. A fine track, Mark. Well, well chosen. Cool, cool. Well, let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit, shall we? Yeah, Kevin, sure. You've got, uh, you've few got a few with? minutes with this week. Yeah, so we're, gonna, um, we're going to listen to a track... Um, by um, some folks from Canada. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick intermission, and we'll be right back. Okay. Hey, so uh, welcome to a few minutes with. 
where we take a song and we get to know it a little better. So today we're going to talk about uh, we're going to take we're going to talk about a track by Canadian uh, supergroup. I guess you could call them the New Pornographers. I had to when I when I was um, we did a whole uh, show about them. Well, we did, and so I so I went back. I checked the archives just to make sure that that this wasn't on that record. It was not. Um, so, but we are going to as as um, guest cameos go. Um, it, there is an impressive array of guest cameos on the video that we're about to well, watch. That's appropriate for tonight. So we have a guest cameo. Exactly. Sure. So um, are any of them named Kevin? Uh, I'll have to check again, but we can all look together. Okay. So anyway, we're gonna we're gonna take a minute and listen to uh, the the new pornographer's track moves. I live among where I trip, where they say slow to sing Off the record together, that was Moves by the New Pornographers. And um, I rest my case, fellas. Like, Jesus, dude. Like, I, I think, I feel like the video kind of overshadowed the song. Like, <laughs> the song's great, though. Like, great. I love that song. I've never seen the video. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't have picked a better one for me if I picked it myself. We just wanted to make Not only do I know the director, I worked on a previous video for Ted Leo that he directed. No kidding. With, like, most of those Elo's people. Pharmacist? In it. Yes. Uh, nice. And Ted who, was, Le- who was the director? Uh, Tom Sharpling. He uh, he does oh, a yeah, yeah. he does a radio show that used to be mm-hmm. on WFMU in New Jersey. It's now just a podcast, not just a podcast. It's the best podcast. Hey hey, bite oh. your tongue, Kyle. <laughs> the, the, well, but it's, it's actually it's called, called the, best the best show. show. Oh, okay, the best show with Tom Sharpling and uh, Ted Leo in this playing Catherine Calder. You know, and I hadn't thought about it, but I did know that he directed this video, and mm-hmm. that accounts for why it's literally just lousy with comedians. They're yes. everywhere. Everyone in well, the it's indie like everybody who's scene. ever on the Daily Show mm-hmm. is like in there, like John Hodgman, uh, John Oliver, um, White Snack, Julie Klausner, who's yep. really funny, um, frequent best show guest, Julie uh, Klausner. She's awesome, and uh, Todd Berry and uh, uh, Donald Glover makes an appearance. Like, when does Donald Glover sleep? <laughs> I know we've <laughs> talked about this, but well, that like, was that, that record came out in 2011, so it's like it's pre. He's probably got a nap like, between then and now. Yeah. Uh, but Jesus, man! No, he's hard working. Well, and that's that's why you can only do a scene in that in that video. But literally, like they're just dropping like ninjas out of the sky. Yeah. And Horatio Sands. Horatio. Which I thought was one of the things I thought was particularly funny in that video is that he is he kind of gets positioned in one of those scenes very similar to the we we did a whole segment on our uh, holiday show about the. The Christmas Time Is Here track that he wrote, uh-huh. and they got covered by um, Homeboy from the Strokes, <laughs> and so yeah, uh, clearly like he's a reasonably comfortable. He's comfortable holding a guitar, and so it's just fun to see him uh, in that role. And he's also lost a ton of weight, so it's like uh, just to see him like lean into it a little bit. I think was uh, that was a good time. And the dude from the uh, the Apple commercials, John Hodgman. Yeah, that's right. John was uh, John played the uh, played the uh, apparently uh, label overlord who gets his ass kicked at the end of the end of this. Well, video. he just Sorry. fell ass backwards into being a regular on the Daily Show. Uh, like he was promoting a book, and they just thought he was really funny. And they were like, "Why don't you just join the staff?" Yeah, uh, stay here. Yeah. Anyway, we'll give you a mailbox. Good shit. Horatio Sands is now on uh, the NBC show Good News, and he's he's excellent at it. So yeah. Anyway, nice anyway, pick, Kev. Yeah, it's a great yeah. pick. I love that song. Uh, that video was amazing. <laughs> yeah. T- how great was Ted Leo? Like, oh yeah. 
just uh, awesome. But anyway, yeah, really all, of the, all of the all of the members of that band are played by comedians and um, super accurately. Well, also, I, I also <laughs> love a, I love a band that could like take the piss out of themselves. Like, sure. Well, I did get a, I did get a real kick out of the fact that in the like so in the early, like the very first scene in that video, it's like, you know, uh, kid sitting down playing guitar, like essentially trying to learn how to busk. And uh, it says that it's Canada 1977 in the in the graphic overlay. And then uh, a bunch of older guys come and like uh, give him a hard time and then hit his guitar with hockey stick. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was like that. That shit is literal. (laughs) Some super Canadian shit right there. Anyway, no, that's cool. I did not know that you had a you had a Sharpling connection that um, he's a he is a he casts a large shadow among that community. Absolutely. That's cool. All right. Well, that's uh, that's a few minutes away. Let's. Should we get back into it? Let. Well, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's do it. Let's do that. Okay. All right. So according to the Pitchfork take on this record, before he joined Grizzly Bear in 2004, Daniel Rossum was splicing together samples and bits uh, of unearthed sound with his NYU uni- uh, roommate, Fred Nicklaus. Nicklaus? That's how I'm going to pronounce it. Well, I think they were just uh, fucking around, right? Well, yeah, they were, but that's the thing. It's like, and we and we didn't, we kind of danced around this. We didn't really talk about it a lot at the on the top half of the show, but like, that's, those are the, that's the kind of stuff that you can do when you're in college and you don't think that anybody's ever going to hear it or you don't care no you're playing with house money you're just like screwing around like you know like let's just see what happens yeah and the you know and the debut was a was a a release that they called the cold nose so yeah was it about a dog (laughs) might have been it might have been yeah hard to say really i mean it was about to listen to any of that um i did not get a chance to listen to the cold nose it sounds like to me it sounds like bad uh uh detective novel but (laughs) it's it's quite different from this album like i i i was thinking that maybe i would have seen some sort of progression from from that to this but no it's it's quite quite a different well what different different in what what way yes exactly Uh, i mean there's a lot of samples and there it's it's a lot of uh it's a lot of really weird stuff so it is well so they they get lumped in as experimental slash well there's like electronica that gets thrown in there which I didn't get off this record at all. Yeah. Um, no. No. I mean, you talk about Elephant Six. That's that album is even more Elephant Six, I would say, than Just this. Everything thrown in. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Fuck it. We'll see what you know we can do. But that's not the album we're talking about. We're talking no. about In Ear Park. Yeah. Which apparently is a, a park that Daniel went to with his father. And yeah, it's like there a, was there was a giant, there was a ear, giant ear sculpture or something. Yeah. And they bonded over it. And then when his dad died, you know, he went back to this giant ear. That every time have. I think of that name, I think it's missing a syllable, like inner ear park or something. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Ryan, it does. It does kind of make me think about um, that rubber prosthetic ear that you had uh, <laughs> that over your that used to fit over the outside of your. Yeah, ear. that was a thing. We went to uh, South Padre Island for spring break one it's year, a hundred years ago, uh, and I had a giant cartoonish ear that I just put on uh, like one of my ears and and everybody inevitably would say like you know like hey nice ear and I was like what <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of it was the kind of thing that if you were sitting in the car you either thought it was funny every time or you thought it was funny once and then the other 25 times it was slightly less funny but um, anyway yeah so in in ear park and and again uh, an ode to an ode to his father, um, personal, you know, personal tracks. But that again, it didn't feel that necessarily. Well, yeah, his father had passed away. like a year before, and so it was an ode to his dad. You know, to name it that, and good on him. Um, and I, I mean, I think the 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 title cut, cut you know, I, I I enjoy that one as well. It's. It's called got a nice little waltz feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually found a, a live performance that they they did of it. It's uh, got a little dissonance to it. I liked a little bit more it, than the recording. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like it. It's how, uh, how much of a live act were they? Did they they tour a bunch? They did not tour a bunch. Uh, I, I, I think that they've probably done less than a dozen shows total as the Department shocked. of Eagles. They sound like a recording project. Yeah. Well, that, and I and went digging really around looking for uh, like looking for an interview. Like I thought maybe with the buzz around this record, there was there was some time when they sat down with somebody. And all I was able really to find was, uh, it's like, uh, it, it was kind of like a video, but more like a home video where it was like somebody, this this person in their entourage or the director of this piece, whatever, said, okay, well, we're just going to walk around and you guys are going to play. And, and so they did. They both had guitars and they just walked around what appeared to be New York and just played. And that and was actually their very first live performance. Probably. That was the first time they had ever played publicly anywhere. Yeah, it wouldn't... For real? Yeah, for it, real. Yeah, that didn't surprise me. So what's weird to me is, like, for how good this record is, it seems like an afterthought to them professionally. Like, they'd rather just do Grizzly Bear stuff. Like, that's the, their main focus. Well, again, I think I think that, in a way, it, it's not really an afterthought, but it's... it's uh, this was a personal thing. This was this was a collection of music that that didn't have another place, but to exist under Department of Eagles, and and it it was never meant to it was never meant to be something that ex, that grew into something larger. I don't. You know think. how many musicians would give their left nut to put out a record sure. this good, and they're just like, yeah, it's just like this thing that we did, and meanwhile, here's more Grizzly Bear. Yeah, uh, and and like. I was the same, like trying to do research for this. Like, you follow you follow a bunch of links that are end up, end up dead because right. they they didn't pay their hosting bill or they just haven't updated it, and you have to go to the internet archives to actually find any content on it. And it's it it's just it's kind of like one of these things that uh, you know, I, I, and we've covered other acts like this in the past too. But it's just like you know they might wake up next week and think, hey, it's time to do it. Let's let's get together and. And let's play for six months or something, you know. And they just they come up from from the grave, uh, you know, rise like, like a phoenix or whatever. Them, and three and quarters that. of these guys are at band practice for Grizzly Bears, so they could just turn and talk to each other. That's true. So they maybe, don't really have to call each other up, do they? I mean, they could. I mean, phones exist. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I do think uh, again. I think I, this feels like a record that is intended for you to spend time with it over time. And, um, y- you know, I, sometimes I think the quick, our quick capsule review of these when we, when we sit down is like, we all sort of have an innate sense of whether we'll go away from this podcast and listen to this work again. Um, I might not, I might not hustle to seek it out because it, again, it is, it is something that it doesn't, you know, it like doesn't give you everything up front. You got to take this thing out on a few dates first. So it's uh, funny. It's like, funny you say that, Kevin, because um, you know I come in with these weird like here's the context I would listen to this. Yeah, and this is not even going to make me look that good. Um, but wow. if I was taking a girl I was really <laughs> into out on a first date, oh no, I might put this record on to make myself seem cooler. <laughs> And just like turn it down to where I'm not like you know it's not all the way up and then we can and chat. at some point but in the she's evening, gonna think I'm more interesting at some point in the evening she might go who is this and you're like oh this oh yeah <laughs> this old thing yeah let me tell you something about it <laughs> yeah, this is this is a contemplative record that's a side project that you know <laughs> and then and that you know to that to your point what you were saying like right as we came out of the break like it does for a side project it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it was neglected, which is the way that some side projects come off as. No, like it sounds of, nurtured. Yeah, like, like they worked on it. Yeah, it's not a two-dimensional sketch. So, I don't know. That, yeah, I think it's. I think it's interesting. It's where I was going with my with my comment is that um, I may not immediately seek this record out to to get to know it better, but I'm but I won't avoid it, and I think that I I I could spend some more time with it over time and I'm just I think it's I think it's I still think it's intriguing. I think I'm a little more hooked on it than that. Like I I think that it's it's still got some repeated listening for me uh in the near future. Dude, I fucking I dig it. I, I think there's more depth there for me to get into. Yeah. I mean, I've listened to it twice. I definitely will be like 
like always keeping a, a peripheral vision out for, for anything else that, that they might do as Department of Eagles. And I'll probably get more, more into some Grizzly Bear, too, because of it. Well, and I do hear, like, based on some of the other things that we've covered in other shows, some of the things that we've covered in other shows, like Fanfarlo comes to mind as something that feels like it was influenced by, in part by this. Now, that probably owes as much to um, Grizzly Bear and maybe Arcade Fire and some acts in the UK. Um, but uh, but there are, in terms of delivery, there are some similarities there. Yeah, I can see that, definitely. Well, hey, why don't we listen g- to... You guys like teenagers? <laughs> well, we know you like teenagers. <laughs> Just go ahead and put that sticker on the podcast, Mark. Yeah, you wanna you wanna listen to teenagers? I would love sure. to listen to some teenagers. <laughs> okay, let's let's do that. Sketchy. That that sounded sounds to me like while I'm listening to it, like when when I was looking, and this happened a couple of times during the show tonight, like when we're listening to some of these tracks, and and I would look up and see what the timestamp on it was, and I was like, there's no way that song is three something minutes long. Like it just feels like it just feels like a longer track than that. Like that was just my perception of it. Now I don't mean that like in a way that I had to sit through it. Like I enjoyed it, but. I was gonna th- thought you were going the other way. Like, to me, it feels like two, two and a half minutes long. Like, to me, that one runs away at the prize. Like, that's what is what is the prize? Uh, Ryan's undying affection <laughs> for a, teenagers. It's the weirdest trophy yeah. ever. But there's anyway. so many layers to that song. And it, like, I, I I'd love to to know more. I I just wasn't able to find out more about like the production of this album. But it just it well, feels it, like there's an entire orchestra sitting in that church that's playing along well, with and i looked song. it up and like there are a lot of uh like samples and synths and stuff and there's a guy that plays double bass yeah but i thought they had a whole string section and it nope. feels like it see i hear the opposite i hear a guy laying down like a four track and like layering over it do you like those drums like they kind of like come oh, together the, yeah and the then reverb it, on those drums are amazing it feels circusy yeah, to me definitely a, a lot but this it feels is the one that sounded the most flaming lips to me. Like, yeah, uh, I can. Oh, sure, I can agree with that. Well, and when you mentioned four track, like we kind of, we I think sometimes we give four track the back of the hand on this show because we think of it through that pavement lens. Well, where it that, sounds like that they can't be bothered to bedroom like, sound better thing like, that people did, where it was like really thin sounding Tascam kind of four sure. track. But then again, like uh, Sergeant Pepper was recorded on a goddamn four track. That's true. Um, all you need is George Martin. It was real two-inch tape and whatnot, but like it you makes know. you creative to have a limit. Like the limit sometimes brings out the creativity in you more than having thirty-two tracks to record on does. Yeah, you know? sometimes having too many options is not necessarily a good thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's the layering on this. It's extremely well done. Mm-hmm. If if it was a four-track, if it was eight-track, who knows? But but um, it's just everything seems at least for this song to me to have a place like it, it it's very well structured here's something else that song has hand claps in it and it does hand claps in a way that is not overt and that you never see that you almost never like i can't think like i literally can't hand, think of, hand claps yeah it's, it's like you want to bury and bury the hand claps in the mix like that just <laughs> never happens but um i thought i thought that was an interesting choice stylistically but it's a cool track well, uh, thanks, guys, for going on the trip with me. Hey, sure. 
I enjoyed well, that. Thanks album. for bringing this up, dude. I, I love this record, and I'm totally going to listen it again uh, of my own volition. Fantastic. Well, Ryan, with that glowing praise, uh, why don't you uh, take us out this week? We've brought up this gentleman several times on this show, and I don't want to do a whole record. I almost feel like he's getting overexposed, but uh, Father John Misty has a new single that just dropped that, uh, like less than a month ago, and it's called Mr. Tillman, and I like it. So let's get into it. Mr. Tillman, good to see you again. There's a few outstanding charges. Just before we check you in, let's see here. You left your passport in the mini fridge and the message with the desks. Here the picture isn't his and oh, just a reminder about our policy. Don't leave your mattress in the rain. Have a pleasant stay What a beautiful tattoo That young man had on his face And for will You need a driver out to Philly Jason Isbell's here as well And he seemed a little worried about you I'm feeling good, damn I'm feeling so fine I'm living on a cloud Great track disconcerting video <laughs> very disconcerting <laughs> like i was like and well the thing that i saw was like as i as you kind of and so i don't know who wants to describe what is going on in that video like essentially it's just a it's, it's green screen him trick like, layering him on top of himself slightly delayed kind of an yeah. old yeah. like the old 70s videos where like you got the video feedback and you'd have like multiple copies of somebody it's a little bit of that, but done with a green screen, and I'm guessing they digitally the, the just in one I, shot. I, yeah, the, the impression I get of him, uh, Josh Tillman, aka Father John Misty, is that he really just wants to amuse himself. And, sure, and that kind of seems like what he's doing in that, and it's not self-indulgent. It's just he's just a little bit askew and weird, and well, that video probably costs like ten grand to. Uh, produce like uh, maybe no, maybe mm, I don't know I have my doubts <laughs> right yeah the I I do think though that you know and that and he's he typically like a hallmark of some of the tracks that we have highlighted from his career in previous episodes have had a lot like there's always great narrative and so that's what I found is like that's where my mind went was like lyrically I was mm -hmm. like oh He's a problem at the hotel. So, like, that's like, <laughs> like that's, really, that's, that's what that song yeah, is about. Probably like, <laughs> autobiographically true. Kind of, yeah. And then I went, then I hopped on Wikipedia to see if, like, okay, well, is he still in New Orleans? Because they don't give a shit about anything in New Orleans. And um, no, he's back in LA where he would get a, you know, polite talking to, like, that happens in this song. So, anyway, no, I, I enjoyed that track a lot. And yeah, good track. It's, uh, no, I was just listening to like you know college something. radio or whatever, and I was like, "Oh, this song is great!" So I shazammed it, and I was like, "Of course, it's Father John Misty," like you know, yeah. like I, that dude is—he's just like right now, he's just living in, in his perfect creative space, and like good on him. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm running out of things to say. I don't know, fellas, yeah. pick me up. <laughs> Kevin, your take? I liked it. Yeah, dude's got a shtick. He does. He I kind of like him in spite of it. Yeah, I always find I, myself ready to poo-poo whatever he's, he's putting out. He's one of those right. that and I don't it's really. Like, oh yeah, it was a good another yeah. good song. Yeah, I don't really like liking him, but I do like him. <laughs> exactly. Now, there's a lot of no, that. no. But he's he's like uh, the. It's cool for like suburban soccer moms to like him, like or like people who like want to recover their coolness. I, I don't know what it is, but like, like I've cool noticed rehab. him. Popping up in pop culture things that I've seen to where, like, you know, uh, being into Father John Misty is like a marker of cool now. And I'm like, that's kind of making it go the other direction. Yeah. This is what but people But it's still that, fucking good. This yeah, is what the people that, that uh, aren't keen to Department of Eagles are listening to in their cars. To that's right. Cool. We're right ahead of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with our Department of Eagles. <laughs> it's stuck in traffic with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like that track a lot, though, Ryan. Now, um,. Uh, and thanks for sharing it. Now, next week, what do you got for us? Highway to Hell. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we have not done any ACDC. We've, we've touched a little bit on like some metal here and there, but um, 
I dig me. This is the last Bon Scott record. Uh, he was dead six months after it came out. But I've never listened to it all the way through, and I know the song Highway to Hell. Uh, at some point, I will pick the fall, but like I'm just <laughs> not ready to do that. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just yeah. So the level of although that will that'll be great. We can just read that guy's quotes for an hour. <laughs> like that'll be that'll be easy. Um, okay. Well, yeah. So next week we'll do uh, ACDC Highway to Hell. ACDC Highway to Hell. Um, Kevin Albright, thank you for sitting in with us this evening. Thanks for having Hopefully me. Hopefully, super the, fun. The scars will heal. <laughs> um, until next week, I'm Kevin. I'm Ryan. I'm Mark. Also, Kevin. <laughs> this is somebody likes it. Go.